Next Chapter Podcasts. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. The 500 The 500 J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition so it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend The king of these for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.M. On the 500 Talking the 500 until the end I do not understand what it is. I don't know. I follow all checks. We did it. Did it. Oh, we fucking did it. Oh, we did it. It's Radiohead's first record on the list. Oh, thank God. Get your 500 bingo cards out because like nine squares were just filled because we mention every single thing about Radiohead in this fanboy episode. I mean, if you want facts about Radiohead, watch a documentary about them because this is me and Alex Sulkin fanboying out. The song is Body Snatchers. It's from... In Rainbows from 2007. It's number 336 out of... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say the name of the podcast. It's The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, everybody? Uh, thank you to everybody that came to see me in St. Louis uh, in Edmonton. I hate to tell you guys this, but I got COVID. Either from y'all there or pre or post. I'm done with it already. Uh, dude, I've had both. I've had the original strain and I've had the new strain. So, And I'm vaxxed. So I'll make out with uh, the gnarliest Fleece Army member's dog or cat or ferret. I know some of you. you we're like a ferret audience. Um, yeah, I'm fine now. I tested negative, um, but I'm sorry to St. Louis. Uh, I might, you know, be invincible now. Who knows? Uh, but what I do know is thank you to everybody that came. And this weekend, if you're in Canada, specifically the uh, Northwest uh, I'll be in Vancouver at the House of Comedy doing six shows for New Year's. And on January 3rd, uh, which is the Monday uh, where I'm supposed to be leaving, I'm taking the full day just to walk around Vancouver. So if any fans want to get high and just talk, I'll be there. And uh, it's also the 10-year anniversary of my car accident uh, where I lost Angelo Bowers, my best friend. And um, it's the reason I'm still doing this because truth be told, I'm, you know, I'm on the fence sometimes, man. And if it if it isn't for you fans that I see out on the road that tell me how much it means to you, then I would stop doing this. 
because I'm not, and I, and this is not like a plea for money, but I'm not making a lot of money from this. Like I shouldn't have sold it to Spotify. I'm glad I did because it kept me afloat during the pandemic, but I feel like it changed the show. I feel like it just, it's not what it used to be. And we lost a lot of the growth that we were having. So uh, this is now it is a plea. If you are a part of the Fleece Army and you want me to keep doing this podcast, please join the Patreon because I'm really not getting any of the money from it. I'm giving it to the staff here uh, because they're working their ass off. Yeah, so joshadamyers.com for all tickets, guys. Uh, join the Patreon, patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. If you care about the show and you want to keep going, man, please support it. Please, please, please. Um, so we are finally here at our first Radiohead record. And I think what a, what a great way for, for us to, if you've never listened to Radiohead, this is a great way to introduce your, yourself to the band. Because unlike other artists uh, that we've had on the podcast, and I'll use specifically Bob Dylan, like you, you don't start with his 1990 record or 1997 record, Time Out of Mind. Like you, you go to like the, the heartbeat of his music, which is early on. And you really get the full flavor. It's like, no, like, should we listen to Blood on the Tracks? Now, now, let's listen to a record where every song is eight minutes long about a prostitute dealing with uh, her own death. And it's a metaphor for nine minutes. Nine long minutes of... Um, so with Radiohead in Rainbows, you're getting the full flavor, I think. You're getting the experimental stuff, which is what they went on to do. And you're getting uh, the Britpop that that was like their beginning, which was, you know, Pablo Honey into the Benz. And uh, if you are looking for facts, you're not going to get them today. You're going to get two people fanning the fuck out. Um, Alex Sulkin is my guest today. He is one of the head writers of Family Guy. Um, He wrote the movie Ted. I mean, the dude is huge on Twitter and it's a cool story. Originally, I put up a post about Billy Joel, 52nd Street. Uh, He was like, yo, I'm a fan. But we had already filled it with the Broken Lizard guys. And so he sent me a DM, and he was like, yo, I'd love to do the podcast. I've been listening. It's great. And I go, here's the list. And he immediately, within like a minute, comes back with In Rainbows. And and you know, it's like you, you hold on to the certain records because you want like, oh, I could get Bradley Cooper for this. But that's not who I want. I want Alec. I want a dude that loves and breathes this record. When he clicks on, we both were like, I've been thinking about this all week. We're so excited to just talk Radiohead. There's beautiful moments, uh, great stories about what the band means to us, and you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe to The 500 anywhere. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media and uh, joshadammyers.com for all tickets. I got a lot of tour dates coming up in 2022. Uh, email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. We got a Facebook group run by this crazy dude named Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Well, here we go, guys. In Rainbows by Radiohead coming in at number 336. So I was thinking about this earlier today because this is such an important band and all the fleece army, everybody that listens knows how much I love Radiohead. I was thinking about every one of their records. I can pinpoint who introduced it to me, where I was. Like, I remember this guy, Mike Ross was like, we were playing hockey and he was like, he was like, this is creep by Radiohead. He was like the cool guy. And I was like, okay. And I, then I'm probably like 
13 years old, 12, 13, 14. And then, and then uh, I remember hearing just from, uh, from, from the second record. I can't yeah, think of the name. The from Benz, the from Benz. the Benz. Yeah. And being like, I got to go out and get that. And I'm in high school in like 10th or 11th grade. I was in 11th grade. And then Brian, uh, this guy that ended up stealing money from me. Yeah. Um, he, I loaned him 500 bucks and he never gave it back. But he was <laughs> the one that was like, you need to get, um, you need to get, why okay, can't I think? Okay, Jesus computer. Christ. Well, I'm like, I'm like so excited. I can't think of any of the yeah. album titles. He's like, you need to get OK Computer. And then having that record like speak yeah. to me. And well, by the like, way, that, that guy has officially paid you back then. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. But, uh, but Brian, if you're out there, you know who I'm talking about, dude. Yeah. I still want my money. I still want yeah. that 500 with interest. It's, it's just <laughs> a band that's so important, uh, to my life. Totally so, agree. so, I mean, so why don't you take me back? Cause you're, I think you're, you were born in what? 73. Yes. So I'm, I, I'm older than you are. And my introduction to Radiohead was different than yours. So, uh, I in college I heard the song Creep and I I made a note of it like oh that's this song this pop song sounds different than a lot of the other pop songs right now and yeah. I and I really like it but I didn't even register the band name it was just a song that you could kind of hear in the background of parties at college and then didn't know anything about the Benz never saw it come out never heard anything about it didn't know to look for it and then I'm living in New York City in 1998 and I was unemployed. I was doing stand up, and I'm like wandering the city during the day, trying to feel productive. And I walked into a record store and I'm just flipping through records as one does. And I came across the Radiohead okay computer album. Mm-hmm. I, the band name meant nothing to me. The title of the album I thought was cool, but I didn't recognize it. The way the album looked, the name of the band, the name of the album just told me in that moment, this just buy this, like you just whatever this is, just I have to buy this. So I bought it. Mm-hmm. I brought it home and listened to it. And my life was changed by Radiohead, <laughs> who I consider to be the second best band of all time. Like I What's consider them Beatles. Be- OK, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Beatles guy. And 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 Radiohead to me and I, I said this before, ra- Radiohead to me is like the Beatles if the Nazis had won World War II. And like, I, I know that sounds like an insult to them, but it's like, that's, that is what pop music would be exclusively if we had like a German run middle of last century. Yeah, um, all crowd but, rock. Exactly. But I cannot tell you how much I locked in to OK Computer to the point where I instantly went back and bought the Benz, which is okay. great. And yeah. some consider to be like, you know, their breakthrough album, which it kind of was. Um, and then you're right. Going through each album. I remember my friend had like uh, there were those fancy like analog mini tapes, like back in the early 2000s that people who had very expensive stereos, they were like dat tapes or something. Yeah, I remember and those. He, and he had a dat tape of Kid A. And we sat there and listened to it in his apartment. And I, again, was re-blown away. And then... For them to have it, it when in rainbows came out. I mean, I could not believe that to me in rainbows is their best album. I love OK Computer and you could make a strong argument for that. But I think in rainbows is just phenomenal. It's uh, everything about it, the energy of it. It's yeah. like and you're a sports fan. I see you wearing the, the gear there. 
Gilbert yeah, Arenas. I bought this from China for 30 bucks, dude. I'm getting, I'm, dude, I've already worn it four times. It's worth every penny. It's better than the NBA, uh, like, licensed jerseys. That that thing is great. <laughs> I would never have known any different. Gilbert yeah, Arenas was a badass, by the way. It was, it was my favorite wizard of all time. And he was uh, great. I've been looking for this jersey, Alec, for, for fucking, like, years on eBay, and it's, like, 300 bucks. And then some fan was just like, dude, they're, they're ripping off shit in China. Just... Just fucking just get here's it the website. Dude, I've ordered like eight jerseys, some some Ray-Ban sunglasses. I'm gonna start buying Yeezys from this website. <laughs> There's no difference. I can't <laughs> tell no, the difference. No one's gonna know. You just no seem like a, a dude in an Agent Zero uh, jersey. <laughs> um, but I when this Radiohead album reminds me to bring it back to sports. One of the great sports moments of all time is uh, Secretariat winning the Triple Crown in the in the early 70s. And when Secretariat wins the third leg. Uh, I believe it was at the Belmont. He crushes the field. Like he's uh, secretary. It's yeah. like 40 lengths ahead. And there's one line when secretary is pulling away and the announcer says, secretariat is moving like a tremendous machine. And when I listen to this Radiohead album, the way they're playing together and the way they have like these unbelievable acoustic intros and then everyone drops into the song. Like they're in such unbelievably precise sync and it's so like cool and rocking at the same time i just think of radiohead working as this like one machine you know and, and they they were at their absolute they're peak clicking. here they're yes. clicking no they are clicking because a lot of people you know you you know we mentioned a few of the 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 records previous so like okay computer is the is the record that put radiohead on a global scale and not just phenomenal not just not just like, you know, because they were because, the you know, British magazines, you probably know this, like British magazines are very big on being like, these are the top 100 British albums of all time. And, yes, and they have yeah. like blur and like Stone yeah. Roses at number one and two. Blur. And like, always blur. It's always blur, always yeah. Stone Roses. Yeah. And it's like, and I get it because I've listened to them and they're good. And yeah. and they put the bends higher than OK Computer because in the Brit rock, like, you know, stratosphere or like world, it's it still fits into what like Oasis was doing. It still fits into yes. what the Stone Roses was doing, what Blur and all these other bands, even even. And you mentioned the Beatles, who are like Beatles, Radiohead are like my two favorite as well. Oh, they're, awesome. they're still in that like Brit pop uh, genre. Yes. OK, Computer is like is like little uh, it's like an amalgamation of the Beatles, Sgt. Peppers. It's Dark Side of the Moon. Yes. It's, it's Devo. It's this. It's it's all these different styles of music kind of coming together and still under the umbrella of Britpop and changing the game from that point on. And in totally my opinion, there was there's like there's all these bands that that basically ripped off Radiohead. I mean, we don't have Coldplay. We don't have Travis. No. You don't have Gomez. You don't have. Yeah, uh, the Verve. I think I think the Verve were around that time, uh, but I think I think OK Computer kind of made these bands go. Okay, we need to start doing something different. Yes, and, and follow. And it, and this is why I love that you mentioned the Beatles uh, because you know the Beatles were same thing. Hey, here's uh, Love, Love Me Do, yep. and that's their creep, and or hold your hand or whatever the fuck it is. Yep, and then and then they keep inching and worming into this new territory. Cause they're like, nah, man, this isn't, we got to do something better. We got to keep moving. And, yep. and Radiohead, the whole career has just been pushing forward going, all right, we're and being I imitated. Yeah. 
And so, OK Computer basically put them on the map as on that global scale on on a on a credibility that I don't think any any Brit band uh, in that that in that era had had. And yes. then Kid A, which you say this is your favorite. OK Computer is the is the deepest connection to me. I agree so, with that solely because it literally made me drop out of college and travel the world. And, and like you said, in New York, amazing. And, and I think Alec, you, you said you were like, I heard that in New York. There's something about listening to music and being in New York that changes everything. It, it's the energy of the city. Like jazz hits really differently here. Punk totally rock. Agree. And, and so I, so I, you know, I'm now in, I'm in a, it's an obsession. It's not, it's not so much I just love this band anymore. I'm obsessed with Radiohead. I'm going to these record stores and finding the B-sides so I can get more because I, there wasn't enough for me. Right. And, when, and when Kid A came out, which was in, I think, 2000. Uh, Adam, One. check that for me. 2001, it, I think. No, I, no, I know. It's, I'm pretty sure it's in 2000 Two, okay. because I bought, I remember this, on the same day, my two big British obsession bands were uh, Gomez because of uh, Bring It On. And uh, I just randomly heard them when I was in London backpacking on that trip that the radio had me drop out for right. and, 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 and Radiohead. And so I remember how excited I was because on that day in 2000, Radiohead came out with Kid A and Gomez came out with a, a B-side record called Abandoned Shopping Cart Trolley. And I went to the record store and I bought both and I was just going back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, How to Disappear Completely Without Never Being Found hit me. Yeah. And, and it just like clicked and I was like, oh my God, like this is, I think this is better than OK Computer. It's, it's amazing how they keep topping themselves. And, and just even to, to flash forward to uh, Moonshape Pool, um, there's the song on there, uh, Dex Dark. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. That song is like, again, to bring it to sports, because I love to do that. Like, <laughs> no, keep doing I, it. I, I think I'm into it. That, that song is like Nolan Ryan's seventh no-hitter when he was in his 40s, and you're like, holy shit, how did he do it again? Like, how did he doing just, it. How did he just keep blowing everyone away? And, and that's what Radiohead did. And, and what, another thing that I love about Radiohead is, while I'm sure they, they obviously care a great deal about their music, they're yeah. not precious with it. I see it. They license it to things. And whenever I'm watching something like Peaky Blinders or Ozark or whatever it is, they'll hit you with a Radiohead song. And Radiohead songs make whatever you're watching a thousand times better. Like oh, yeah. you can be watching a piece of shit and they put on, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, what do they use in Peaky Blinders? Like I forget drunken punch up at a wedding or something. And like instantly you're like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So I. Who out there? Yes. Hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!
Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. It's funny that you say that because I've dated, you know, I'm, I'm 42. Uh, you know, when you get to this age, you've dated uh, a plethora of women. Yeah. And, and I've had beautiful moments with these women. Not, not sexual, just I'm saying, you know, holding hands, walking sure. through this, through a forest, hiking, you know, being in Israel with this girl and being like, ah, the... The pinpoint greatest moment I've ever had with a girl was leaving a rave in Washington, D.C. in 1999. And she loved Radiohead and and I loved Radiohead. And we're both coming down from the drugs that we were on throughout that night. And we're driving over the GW Parkway. And it's like 5 a.m. and the sun is starting to come up. And we're listening to Let Down on her car stereo. And it's and it's that it's the big ending the you know yeah. where the drums start kicking yeah, in and then dun, 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 both, dun. and the dual voices of him and Ed and uh. I mean I look over at her and I'm just like I was like this can't get any better it's the most beautiful moment ever same you, same same thing not to cut not to catch you up but the same no. thing with with how to disappear completely being in Israel and like the sun's coming down and listening to that in my headphones I'm like oh my it's like it's just it's music that was made for moments to be remembered. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and, and the fact that you, I mean, you named let down, I think is my favorite Radiohead song of all time. I mean, I, I cannot tell you the number of times that I listened to that one over and over. And that's what I think about. Okay. Computer. So, okay. Computer has many, many great songs. Let down is a highlight for me. And of course, paranoid Android is, it it might be their day in the life. Like it's, it's just like, it's an amazing, an amazing accomplishment as a song. Um, But as I was listening uh, before this podcast through in rainbows again, um, it's song to song. I don't think that I, I can't, I don't think there's another Radiohead album that stands up to it because they don't, there's no, there's no let down. Like there's no, there's nothing, there's no filler. There's no like, let's get a drink during this one. It's <laughs> every song just continues to re-engage you in an interesting and awesome way. It's, it's, they're, they're, they're just absolutely nailing it. So where were you uh, when In Rainbows came out? Like, so I remember I had just, I just moved to Los Angeles. I'm working on keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm a PA. Yes. Humble my, brag. My finest hour, my finest hour <laughs> launching these uh, evil people's careers. Yeah. Well, and- you got a, You got a piece of the profits, I'm sure. Oh yeah, dude! I'm a billionaire. I'm, I'm, you should see my closet. I'm just full of skims and and Kylie makeup. I but I remember how excited I was because you know we've mentioned every record except for Hail to the Thief so far. Yes, we you mentioned Punched Up at a Wedding, which is yep. one of my favorite songs off that. Also, Wolf at the Door. Amazing. The ending of that song, it's you know that that run is like because I'm much like you, excitement. I've not only listened to this record, I've listened to everything Radiohead has ever done yes. in the last, their whole careers to prep for this. And, and I started listening to Out of the Thief and I remember how much I loved it, 
But I remember talking to certain Radiohead fans over the years and them saying it's a miss. They go, I, you know, Radiohead, they came off Amnesiac, which is basically Kid A Part 2. Yeah. And then you have Hail to the Thief. And there's great tracks on Hail to the Thief. But there's, listen, I don't want to call it filler because I love it all. It's right. all ice cream. Yes. It's all ice cream. Sometimes yep. it's Van Leeuwen, fresh salted caramel. Sometimes <laughs> it's Briars that's been in the freezer too long and it's got yeah, a little yeah, frost yeah, on it. Right. But it's still ice cream. Yes. And and so I remember the anticipation for hearing about what In Rainbows was going to do. Like, we'll get to the whole charge anything thing, but I remember it coming out. And I, and, and Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. Let me see if I can pull it up here on, on the facts that we have about it. Uh, seventh album. Did they... Did they like Adam? Did they have because they started them here? I'll just go through the spiel and then we'll take you'll take yeah, over. Sure. So their initial recording sessions were with the new producers, Spike Sten, and they didn't go well. So they went out and toured performing some of the new material. After the tour, the band brought back producer Nigel Godrich. Uh, uh, regular recording sessions began in August 2005 with the familiar producer, but the sessions were slow and the band struggled to regain confidence. According to York, we spent a long time in the studio, just not going anywhere, wasting our time. And that was really, really frustrating. They attributed their slow progress to a lack of momentum after they took out an extended break following the Hail to the Thief tour and the fact that all the members had become fathers. O'Brien said the band considered splitting up, but kept working because when we got beyond all the shit and the bullocks, the core of these songs were really good. Radiohead incorporated a variety of styles and instruments using electronic instruments, blah, blah, blah. There's a, there's an instrument I never even heard of. There's theremins. Um, the lyrics on the record are more personal and less political than they used to be. I'll agree with that. I, I feel like this record, there's a lot of love. This is probably, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, all I need reckoner weird yeah. fishes, um, you know, 15 step. I don't think that's so much about our relationship, but it definitely to hear that they all just became fathers making this makes a little bit uh, more sense. What are your thoughts yeah. on, on um, kind of the I, content of this record? Oh, well, I totally agree with that. And like, it, it's funny. I, of course, I didn't know the thing about them all becoming uh, fathers at that time, but that makes the lyric, you know, wakey, wakey, rise and shine. Yeah. Uh, from fa that makes <laughs> that kind of like make more sense. And that song is beautiful too. The, beautiful. Uh, um, the, again, the acoustic intro to Faust Arp there is, it's crazily good. Um, one of the things that I like, uh, have consistently liked about Radiohead and, and I do, again, they do it in this album is they have these confrontational phrases like that they like the first line of um, 15 step is you used to be all right. What happened? I love that thought. Like, it's just <laughs> just the idea that they're just coming out of the gate. Like, what happened to you? Yeah. Um, and then there's the the I can't which one is it in where it's uh, go to hell for what your dirty mind is thinking, you know, uh, um, that's yeah, I, uh, don't don't get any big ideas. They're not going to oh, happen. Nude. Yes, that, that like that song has got all these great confrontational phrases. Um, but in terms of like what was going on in my life when this yeah. came out, I mean, I was thinking about that. So it, it came out in 2007. Is that correct? Yes. Um, what is it? October of 2000. October. Yeah. The Thick of, of Kardashian season yeah. one. So. That for some reason that year, the, the, those, that moment stands out for me. Like I was single, I was living in LA. 
uh, and w- working at Family Guy just recently had gotten there for a couple of years. It was a great, you know, it's a continues to be a great job, but it, particularly at that time, it was awesome because it had just come back. We were like, you know, the conquering Roman army returning to the city gates and everyone was like, hey, Family Guy's back. Great job. Um, so I'm just like going out partying all the time. I'm at the tail end of, I would call it my sartorial uh, Justin Timberlake sexy back phase. Like nice. I'm, I, I'm wearing like suit and tie like to karaoke, like needless. Yeah, you got money again, dude. Exactly. You, you're rocking, bro. And so I, I'm, I'm loving life. And, and this album kept me home. Like on nights where I should have been out partying with my friends, I would say, no, I'm going to get stoned and listen to uh, In Rainbows again, because yeah. that's just how the power of this album to pull me or keep me home was was unbelievable. And I would have people over, you know, you'd I'd say, have you heard the new Radiohead? And we would sit there and get stoned and listen to it. And I remember it was at that weird time when, what was that very weird drug where, uh, God, what, I'll never, Salvia. Remember oh, that? Yeah. You know, I, I've never done it. I've never yeah. done it, but I do remember the salvia craze yeah, of so 2007. We were somehow able to get our hands on some salvia <laughs> and we would just sit there and like, it, it, it was pointless. It probably made the listening experience much worse because you just like completely go away for like two minutes. But yeah. I remember a little of that was going on and uh, it, it was just such a glorious time. I mean, it's because we live in this weird era now, of course, the, you know, the pandemic and, and, and but everything politically that's going on now is just so insane back and forth. And it feels like 10, 15 years ago, it did not feel that way at all. The world felt like a much nicer place somehow. Which is and, so funny. That's yeah. so funny that you say that because if you if you remember, it was literally within months from this record coming out that the economy fell apart. Yes. And and it was scary. And gas in Los Angeles went up to five dollars a gallon, which had never been like that before. And you know, I'm already a broke comic right. uh, by that point. But it's like, you know, it, these radiohead records seem to come out around right before like shit fucking just goes to shit like yeah it's almost like we need them but yes i but during that time when this came out it definitely felt like there the world was a safer place uh, i know for sure and 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 just again just going track to track on the album it's it's, it's such a joy i mean like uh, again starting with 15 step and having that awesome you know the drum opening to it 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 kicks off an album with an incredible energy and then you get that great line of you used to be all right what happened and you're off and running and i i believe they even used that song in like i want to say like one of the twilight movies i didn't you know i didn't see those but i remember playing this for somebody and they're like oh yeah that song was in twilight i'm like fuck it was (laughs) like that i believe that i believe dude twilight you know they all those movies they're they're hip they're they're trying to be hip at least they were goth they Very were you know, trying to be like a little bit emo. Well, um, 15 step kind of is like opening kid a with everything in its right place. It's almost yes. an electronic song. Uh, Cause prior to this today, which I've watched this over well over a hundred times, the, uh, you've probably seen the the in the basement recordings. Oh, uh, that's, I was going to bring that up later. Yeah. That's, that is so phenomenal. 
yeah. so phenomenal. And 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 so if for everybody who hasn't seen it, just Google Radiohead in the basement. They did stuff for In Rainbows. They did stuff for King of Limbs. And and so they so I, I watched it and in seeing like Fifteen Step, it, it's it's a for this record. It, it's your, if you're gonna put an opener and you want to have that upbeat song like Radiohead always seems to have like. You know, if you think about all the other records that they've put out, I mean, you know, Airbag on the Benz, it was uh, Planet Telex. Yes. You know, and it just, it's these, these very, you know, uh, everything in its right place. What was the opening? Oh, uh, Amnesiac is Polk, uh, yeah. Revolving Doors, I think it's called. Inhaled of the Thief is, uh, fuck, what is that? Adam, yeah. find that out for me. I, I know that I can, I can sing it verbatim. I just, for some reason, can't. They've Remember mastered the, the opening track. They've mastered an opening track. Yeah. And because they know that it's like the, you know, like you, like Idiotech, yes, it's on Kid A later, but you don't open with Kid. You don't oh, open two with plus Idiotech. two equals five. Yeah, that's yeah. it. What a song that is. So, so 15 step is probably the perfect way to to open this record out of the tracks that that are coming up um yeah you know but I, we mentioned something before about or i mentioned something before about hail to the thief um so so hail to the thief what were your thoughts on that and then what were you expecting from the from this record well here's the thing uh, once i get on board with somebody like i'm on i'm on board you yeah. know I, I don't uh I was not one of those people who when Hail to the Thief came out was like, oh, it was kind of a miss. Like I didn't, I didn't like it. I, I just thought, how lucky are we? Like that they continue, I'm just, don't break up guys. Just keep <laughs> making albums because all I want to do is listen to whatever you put out. Yeah. And I thought about this as well, like Radiohead and the Beatles are two excellent examples of when, when bands do concerts, and you hear them say, oh, here's one off our new album. The most most of the time that's a cue to like go piss or get a beer or get something. Beer, yeah. But with Radiohead and the Beatles, if they ever said that you were in for something fantastic. Like it's it, whatever. Oh, yeah. I was so looking forward to whatever was next with them while continuing to enjoy what they what they had already given us. That Hail to the Thief for me was in no way like a setback or, or a miss or anything like that. I could then throw it into the, you know, the mix of all their albums and say like, okay, well, which one will I listen to first? Maybe hail to the thief. Wouldn't be first. I wouldn't, I, I don't think I'd say that, but even just now when Adam sent the uh, opening track, two plus two equals five, like that's a fantastic song. Like they're often running with that. I've often wondered with that. And maybe Adam, I, I feel like you're doing a lot of research. That's what he's here for. That's what he's here for, dude. But he, he lives in a comic book store and he does my research. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Good for you. You're doing a great job. I always wondered if two plus two equals five is a reference to the novel 1984. Because in the novel 1984, that's what they have to get the main character to believe. To to that two plus once he believes two plus two equals five he's fully indoctrinated into this like future dystopian world and he does ultimately admit that at the end and I, i've always wondered if radiohead meant that as like a tip of the cap to george orwell i could see that i could yeah, I, mean, I think there's a lot of easter eggs in in radiohead songs you know i mean yeah. obviously they're a very 
very intellectual band. I would probably say out of, you know, because British people, and you know this, we're being they're smarter. Comedy, we're, we're they're smarter. smarter than us. Their music yep. is better than us. It's gloomy. So they stay inside. They stay by yep. a fire in a shire and they read <laughs> books and novels and they have original releases of the novels. They won't read any second or third pressing. It's literally first pressing and then that's it. And, and, and Radiohead is that kind of band that yeah. like, I remember I was very lucky enough uh, and I'm actually looking at the poster for it when the goddamn comedy jam really was taking off and there was a summer of festivals that we were just loaded and not just comedy music festivals. We're doing Bonnaroo. We're doing, you know, Bumbershoot. And we were lucky enough. I remember the lineup came out for Outside Lands uh, yeah. this is 2016 and I saw Radiohead because I was praying. I was yes. praying and I love LCD sound system, but I was like, please, God, every festival <laughs> we've done so far has been LCD sound system. I know Radiohead's thinking about putting out a new record. Can they please, please, please? Or no, no, no. They had just put out a record in May. They had put out uh, the Heart Shape, uh, not Heart Shape Moon. Moon Shape Pool. Moon Shape Pool. Right. And and I remember my agent sends me the sends me the, the contract uh, for Outside Lands. And I started crying because I was like, oh, thank God. God, that's it's so like, great. I get to see them. I get to be on the same bill as my favorite band of all time. And I was lucky enough to be side stage for the show um, watching it. And, you know, it's unbelievable. It was. Yeah, it was like it was. I mean, I think they, there was usually like other artists like on the main stage or on the si other smaller stages. You could get really close. But for Radiohead, there was like a buffer that they put us because there's like literally, dude, they came. They, they showed up in in a black van, uh, got out like somebody sound checked for them and they just walked right on stage, did their show. And they are dressed in 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 like really attractive british you know designing yeah. designer sh shirts all dressed kind of like communists yes. but like but but like but like the communists that are like making the decisions and right. like big meals and not wait like somebody else waits yeah. in line for bread for them yeah and, and they're they're just it, it's just there's something about them they there's an aura about these guys that are that that we know i'm not not saying they're better than anybody but then they they're just well read they carry this up well they understand that their music has as you know transformed music and yes. other artists and as soon as the show was over they they put their instruments down and walked right to that van and the van took them away Gone. and it was but it was like but you could just you could tell that there is it's not ego. I wouldn't call no. it ego. I would no. just, I just say, you know, when you, when you, if you study philosophy, you know, and you study literature, which, you know, uh, you know, and, or if you're a, you know, a brilliant writer or a brilliant comic or a brilliant musician, you know, and, and you, it's not an era of like, I'm better than you. It's just like, no, I'm very secure with who we are. Yes. And I think that shows in their music, whereas like a band, you know, that, that they know that their fans are intellectuals as well. There's something about when you meet somebody that says they're a Radiohead fan, you're, you're yes. like, oh, we, we get it. Yes. We get it. And, and I think like, I think they, they know that they're not, they're, it's, how do I, I'm trying to think of like a, like a musician or not a musician, like a, a filmmaker, kind of maybe like, like if you're a Terrence Malick fan, Right. I and am. you and you're, you're a Terrence Malick fan, then then you know he's not gonna give you he's gonna he's gonna make you think yes. during his films. He doesn't just 
force it down your throat. He lays it out to you and it lets you interpret it. And when you find, and because he knows that you're smarter than the rest of like, you know, the fucking, I'm trying to think like, you know, like yeah, Michael Nora Bay. Michael yeah, Bay. Michael Bay. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I went Nora Ephron. I know <laughs> that's we, also works. But you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like they know that their their fans are going to join them on this and experience it. And, yes. and some of the records aren't easy to digest. Dude, King of Limbs. Yeah. It took years for me to dig the first side of that record. Really? Well, you know, think yeah. about it. From Lotus Flower on, it's 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 in rainbows, it's Hail to the Thief, yes. it's the Benz, yeah. it's OK Computer. Those first like four or five tracks are are different. They are a hard listen. I'll tell you this. Okay, you'll dig this. So much like you, when when In Rainbows came out, you're like, I'm gonna take the night off. I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, at home, I'm gonna get stoned. Uh, when when King of Limbs came out, I uh, I remember I took a bath and I put the record on my headphones and I uh, and yeah. I'm in the bathtub and I'm just like, okay, this is fucking great. Um, but before that. Before that, it, it came out, uh, I think, uh, as a digital release. And at the time, I was a comic, but I still had a day job as a strip club DJ at a very shitty strip club in Van Nuys called Rouge. Oh, and, that's awesome. And it's it's pretty empty. It's pretty empty. Yeah. But I put on King of Limbs. And <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> dancers were like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Who the fuck is Mr. Magpie? Like, yeah, what, what happened to pour some sugar on me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's, <laughs> but that's the thing is that, yes, it's not made for, for everybody. But the people yeah. that it's made for, yes. like, we appreciate, we get it. Yeah, it's... Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. It's interesting you bring up King of the Limbs um, because that album came out right as we just started to film uh, the movie Ted in Boston. Okay. So I'm from the Boston area. So again, I, you know, this was like, what a dream come true for me to be able to be working on this movie, writing for this movie, Ted living in a hotel in Boston and, you know, Boston, if I'm sure you've been there, it's, it's a very small city. Like it's, you know, it's got this reputation as like, you know, this kind of thing, but it's, you can walk it in an hour. Like you can walk from end to end basically. And so I would get my call sheet every morning and say, okay, they're filming at this address today. I'd pop on my headphones, walk for whatever it was, 35 minutes to get from my hotel across Boston to where we were shooting. And I'm, listening to King of the Limbs every day, all every walk back forth. So I'm going through the album again and again and again. And it was, again, 
as you say, the, the their music is made to sort of meld with your reality and create these memorable moments. So I'll never forget, you know, walking around Boston in the springtime, listening to Radiohead there to do this awesome job return. Here comes the return of the conquering hero. And it was just such a great, that's, I mean, that album holds a special place for me because of that. Um, but I do acknowledge now that you're mentioning it, the difference between the opening tracks and then where the album goes is stark, but yeah. I was there for all of it. I just, uh, I was, I was enjoying every, every second of it. So I thought, I thought, I thought King, King of the Limbs was, it took years for me to really appreciate the first half of the record. Cause immediately like Lotus Flower sounds like Kid A, it yes. sounds like in rainbows. And so do the following tracks that follow it. Um, the beginning was me looking at it like it was kind of the way that Miles Davis went from like the modal jazz in the beginning of his right. electric period into Bitches Brew, where you're like, okay, all right. Like I didn't like Bitches Brew. Bitches Brew was actually the first record I ever bought by Miles Davis. And because I thought it was the coolest. Yeah. And then that I know that it's it's a hard listen. Yes. You know, you really need to be on either drugs or, which I also think you need to know what he did prior to be yes. able to get it. Now, I, at that point, when when King came out, was diehard i mean this is yes. this is top three bands of my lifetime if not to read actually you know what this is the best band of my lifetime right um because the beatles broke up far before that and you know guns and roses who i love so much only have one really fucking well now it use your illusions is great yeah but appetite appetite yeah. is fucking perfect that's that's the shit and and but so so when when that came out i mean i i got it i understood it um, but it's just, it's not there. It wasn't grabbing me, but that's also why I love this band because then, you know, a couple years later, I, I started picking it back up and I was like, Oh, Oh, yeah. this, Oh, this is great. And then you see them do it live. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, this, you see what yeah. they're doing and you see it's, it's more of an experience. Um, totally. And then with, with, with moon, by that point, it's what's funny about uh, when Moon came out, that was the last week I had uh, been on opiates. It was, it was a rough, rough week. And I remember it came out on that Sunday and I remember having, I flew in from DC and I'm like strung out and, yeah. and driving from, I had to go right to San Diego from LAX. And I went and I was just listening to the record and just like, I mean, so numb and knowing that it's like my life is like falling apart and listening to that record, like crying and yeah. being like, how am I, I got to get off of all of this stuff? It, it's, it's the same feeling I had listening to OK Computer where I, where I remember I was in, like I said, I dropped out of college because I was like, you hear them, them saying, you know, how it's like there's the, the meaningless of, of the world and, and computers and this. And it's like, yeah. and there's, there's far more beauty and other stuff. And, and that's what I got from OK Computer. And, it's, and it was like, I have to change something. And, and it's so funny that that week with Moon was like, 
by that, so if I did a full week and by that next Sunday, that was it. And I remember I put them down and- That's amazing. And good for I, you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, I'm still on fentanyl. Oh, good. Okay. You I'm, kept something for yourself. I'm still doing fentanyl, but the other stuff, Vicodin, I mean. Well, I noticed that both of us were the we're both off opiates, thankfully, but we're both sitting here sucking on our uh, jewels. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's what, like, what we, you, got, you, we got got to have something. Are you? Dude, it was funny. I, there was the owner of this comedy club, Vinny Brand. I was like, I was hitting my vape uh, doing shows this weekend there. And I'm trying to do it the secret way, you know, where like if you're on the airplane. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you let it out yeah. slow, like you're, you're so yeah. everybody looks over, you just look like an Android overheating. <laughs> I do a thing now where I, it's when I raise my glass of Coca-Cola, I have it on the side. And so it looks like I'm drinking a sip, but I'm just taking a huge hit. Smart, dude. Smart. Yeah. I, I do. I, if I'm on a plane, I always sit by the window. Yes, as soon as key. the lights go off, I'm just like, I'm just yep. blowing it down. I, I have yet to get caught. Um, nice. But... But there's there's something about like their music that and, and even let's like focusing it on this record, like I, I had just moved to Los Angeles. You know, I've been there. I moved August 1st, 2007. This came out I, and I, you know, I'm learning the city. Uh, I, I mean, it did not leave my my iPod. Uh, and the stereo, I was, I was driving around, like, you know, the picking up the Kardashians, picking up other, you know, producers and stuff. Yeah. For the show. It was just nonstop. And, and, and the first song that really, cause nude, nude to me, I had heard nude, uh, a live version of nude that I think I had downloaded off of Napster. Yeah. Um, it took, uh, it took three days to download it. Uh, are off a are you serious? Yeah, dude, it was a dial-up. You know, with oh my, my mom God. constantly picking up the phone, like, "What is Joshua? I have to call my aunt Mossy." <laughs> and and I was so I knew that one. So it was nice to finally hear that uh, recorded. And the way they yeah. do it is so beautiful. It's, it's powerful. Great. And the way it comes off of the the, the body uh, builders, which is a rocking track, you know, yes. like it's very rocking and it come that coming off 15 step, you think like, okay, we're moving, we're moving track one and two. And then when you go into nude, it's like you, you're walking through like heroin jello, like all of a sudden it's like everything kind of changes and you're like, oh, thank God. Like you're giving me everything here. Like you're not just going to, this isn't just like your drive a hundred miles an hour rock album. It's like, oh you're really changing it up. So they had, so they had recorded, like I said, they recorded this actually during the okay computer sessions, but they discarded it. That's something I really dig about this band. Cause you saw it on moon where, uh, was not, is it true love waits? The closing track off the record. That's a song that they had had. Yes. It's a song that I had heard years before. Right. And, and I love that they're a band that it's like, they have all these B-sides, they have all these great songs and they're just like, all right, so nude didn't fit on OK Computer. Nude right. didn't fit on the next three records. Yeah. But, but what a perfect way to go from, like you said, those two bangers because because yes. because 15 step body snatchers is yeah. fucking just moving yes and then it's like and then you drop nude and you're like oh okay right <laughs> yeah. all right I, you gotta calm us down <laughs> they're, they're basically making this mixtape like you would to a girl yes like, first ones just showing you how much i love you mm -hmm. and it's yeah. just and just i'm a strong dude i'm cool and then you bring it down you show yeah. the romantic side and you show what radiohead is basically used to which is kind of you know telling you about uh you know 
you know, about like pain and being raw and forming. Totally. Um, You know, it's funny, a couple of thoughts when you were, first of all, for the first time, I don't know, is, should I be reading okay computer, like okay boomer? Is that the, is that the tone there? Like for okay computer? I think for the okay computer, because everything I've kind of learned about that record in, and Adam, you know, double check my math, um, is it's basically about, because you can think about it, that came out in 1997. The internet is about to start. Technology, it's really the information age kind yeah. of like taking us to a level that, you know, where we're at now, where there's Twitter and Parler and you yeah. can put on Oculus and do all that. Like they predicted the way that like The Simpsons has predicted yes. so much shit. Radiohead has been there musically, just yes. kind of, just kind of, and I, and that's the, that's the thing that I think I respect so much about them is because even though musically for them, because I mean, look at it, dude, they're making fun of technology and OK Computer, and then like three albums later, King of Limbs is just like bleeps, and they're and and yeah. and Tom is starting to do his solo projects that are all just like almost like dance, not dance, I wouldn't call it dance, but electronic. Yes. Right. So they're almost predicting where they're going to go because they know that just regular guitar, drums, bass and singer is it's gone, is gone. Yeah. And you can yeah. see it with everybody else and what they've done since. Yes. And I love that, that they're pointing a finger at it while knowing that they're part of it, which is yeah. very, a very cool kind of wink. And I, I had another thought while you were talking, which is, um, uh, we we were originally supposed to do this for what Billy Joel Fifty uh, Second Street, Street. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I cannot even tell you, like, listen, I love Billy Joel. I'm a Billy Joel apologist. Like, I like all of his, you know, <laughs> popular songs, and I like all the songs that people don't like. I, I really do enjoy Billy Joel immensely. But this, to me, the the difference in what's happened here is like. You offered me, uh, you said, hey, I'm going to get you a free car. I'm going to get you a Toyota Camry. And I'm like, oh, right. That's a Camry's a really good car. That's great. And great then you're car. like, oh, sorry. I, you know what? I can't give you the Camry. I'm giving you James Bond's Aston Martin. And it's like, oh, well, that that worked out for me. There's so much more to talk about with with this than with 52nd Street, because, listen, me and you could have gone off for 15, 20 minutes about Zanzibar and how sure. dope Zanzibar I like that song. is. I, I got like a friend. Do, <laughs> I love that song. But but there is but there is, you know, the, I've been doing this show for what, three years now, and Whoa, this is our nice. first Radiohead uh, album. I've been waiting for this where I've been because it's like. You know, every episode that we're going to do, dude, I think there is Adam. There's what, four other Radiohead records on here? So, yeah, we'll see them again four more times. Uh, number 320 is Amnesiac, 162 is OK Computer, 111 is The Benz, and 67 is Kid A. Okay. Wow. This do is the 2012 you, list. So, this is the 2012 list. Why, what, what about the 2020 list? Did, did find that out. So, oh. so from my understanding, because I have so many questions. We haven't even gone to any of this stuff I wanted to ask. So <laughs> We're just too excited about it's, Radiohead. Dude, I, <laughs> I was – I can't wait till we go through my, my rapid questions at the end because I think we're going to have a little argument on what our favorite songs are. Don't give, mine your, don't give me yours yet. I will not. I want to do that at the end. Okay. But what do you think of those rankings? So Don't, don't so, agree with it. So, okay, yeah, because you have – let's see. Let me see if I can pull them up because he's got them written for me. Um, oh, he's got the 2020 list. 
So you got 2020? Or is this it? Did you pull it up? So I, hit, 20... I hit enter too soon. I'm typing it now. Uh, I was going to say, mother... that doesn't help us just to tell us that it exists. So, all right. So, so you have, so you have this. Well, I'm, at... the, the, I, this is, I would say this is my, uh, In Rainbows is my favorite Radiohead album. I'd say my second favorite Radiohead album is OK Computer. And then I go uh, Kid A, then The Benz. And then uh, Amnesiac, uh, Hail to the Thief, King of the Limbs, Moonshape Pool. I think that's the way it goes for me. And then, you know, I, I listen, I didn't put Pablo Honey or whatever, because to me, that that's sort of just like a single almost, you know. There, there um, are some good songs. Listen, there are some good songs on Pablo Honey, but much like you, it's the one record I, I tend to never listen to. When I was yeah. going through all of the records over the last couple weeks, because it's this is what's so cool about this band is that like I will will just live with them, live with them for weeks and yeah. sometimes months, and then something else attracts me for a moment and I just right. and I never listen to Radiohead again until suddenly a playlist or a movie or a thing happens to me that just is like, oh, I need to sit down with this band again. Right. I listen to one album and then I'm off to the races again. Yeah. And then I go through every track in the B-sides. Yep. Um, so I want to do my list. I would say I'd have to put, I have, it's between, I, th okay. Okay. Computer means the most to me, but I think kid a is my favorite Radiohead record. Um, right. I think it's their, I think it's, 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 and I was saying the same favorite. I think it's their best. I think it is a masterpiece. I think it is, it is, a, it is, there was nothing. And there's nothing like OK Computer, but there's still elements of what was going on in the British and, and American rock and roll scene. Yes. It's just a little bit further out. Yep. So whereas like, so whereas like, I think it's, you know, I think I'm trying to see if I can compare it to like Pink Floyd. Oh, is, that's a, yeah. That's I think Kid good. A, I think Kid A is their dark side of the moon more than OK Computer is. Interesting. I, I can go with that. I can go with that because... I feel like OK Computer could have been their dark side of the moon, but I don't even think they realized. I mean, they might have realized as they were making it, hey, this is special. But it's almost like Dark Side of the Moon took Pink Floyd many albums to like get there kind of. And OK Computer, while it's, you know, it's a couple albums and I don't even think they were like emotionally prepared to have their Sgt. Pepper, their Dark Side of the Moon or whatever right then. But Oh, 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 wait, we were to do Beatles. No, if we're going to do Beatles, here yeah. you go. Here you go. I'll do it. But Beatles is better than Pink Floyd because you're right. Pink Floyd took a long time. Yes. A long time. And, it, and Pink Floyd also is like, you know, we just did uh, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, which is so out there. And, yeah. and to get to dark side from that, it's like you can see that it's like they had to they had to take the Sid Barrett shit and yeah. then take the Roger Waters and the David Gilmore. And then you you have these later records for yeah. the Beatles. I'll do this. I'll do this. OK Computer is a revolver. And, and, uh, oh, yeah, okay, I like that. Kid a, and Kid A is their Sergeant Pepper. OK. It's so different, dude. Kid A is yeah. so different than OK Computer. It's different than the Benz. It's, it's, but it's still pop. I know. Kid A, Kid A was like, it was really a revelation. But it, it, it's interesting because I, I feel like, 
it's like comparing children in a way because I love them all so much. <laughs> yeah. And 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 OK Computer was so was so mind blowing to me. And this again could speak to our ages a little bit because yeah. I think that that you know we have seven or eight years uh, separating us. And I feel like so when I heard OK Computer. It's sort of an equivalent to around when you were hearing Kid A. I mean, they're they're not that far apart, but like you, we had a little growing to do, like in between then. So like I was read so ready for OK Computer, and then Kid A really switched it up, and and in a fantastic way. Like I mean, in such a lush, awesome, great way. Um, and I was so happy that they were moving in a direction, in that direction that they, yeah. in the, that they were going. Um, but for me, OK Computer is I'd have to say OK Computer. It's interesting because you can't switch them around time wise. Like I can't make OK Computer Sergeant Pepper and then make, you know, sort of Kid A Revolver because that's sort of backwards. But in a weird way, that's how I feel about them. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there no you you have to have okay computer before you get to kid a if they if they even if it went kid a and then okay computer you you'd be like to go from to go from the bends which is a perfect fucking record i mean amazing from from the beginning to the end it is it's just like it's just like i mean i don't know how many tracks are on it adam find out but it's literally every song is creep it's all creeps yes it's it's just it's not too out there but it's out there enough yes uh it's cool it's it's like heart-wrenching it's still brit pop but it's but it's like it's it's different so i could see why the why british people and these British magazines like NME, uh, they risk, they put that record as one of the best British records of all time. I totally see get it. why. Yeah, because uh, it's accessible. It's accessible, even very. though it's incredibly deep and incredibly great and and like nothing that other people were doing. It it had just enough relation to like the sort of, you know, song time, song format. Like it, it, it all kind of worked. It's a record. Yes, it's a record. It's a record. It's a record. Yeah. It's a pop record. It's, it's yep. you know, OK Computer was, and like we kept saying, global. It was so different. Yes. Um, but you knew, you knew immediately with releasing as their first single, a six and a half minute bohemian rap. It's like what Queen did. Yes. It's like, it's like, dude, there it is like like if you had to think about the 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 song that kind of bridges where Radiohead's going and where they started, uh, you have to put that song. But Paranoid yes. Android is 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 a perfect song. It's it's dude, it's what Muse has been trying to do <laughs> for five fucking records. It, yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting because Paranoid Andra and like, I'm not going to get ahead of like my list of favorite songs, but let's just say you might see that one on there. Yeah. Um, the the part in, in Paranoid Android when Tom York is 
wailing from a great height, from a great, you know, from a great. Oh yeah. That it to me always lined up perfectly with John Lennon wailing in a day in the life. Ah, like that. 100%. That is the same rock moment to me. Just like, you know, thirty years later, and and it, it gives me chills just to even think about those things connecting. I wonder again if that was a conscious choice, but th- those two moments remind me so much of each other, and and not uh, you know not coincidentally day in the life and paranoid android or sort of like you know they're both like the band they might be the band's most important songs i agree i, I definitely yeah. agree i, I mean it's everybody you know we, when you when you look at like the hits of the beatles and what are on you know the blue album and the red album and yep. and, and and you know beatles one you know a, a day in the life is is perfect it's perfect Beatles. It's just, it's got, it's got, you know, the, the symphonic stuff that George Martin's yep. so accustomed to, which, you know, like Nigel Godrich and all the music that, you know, you've heard since OK Computer that he's made, you know, he is in a sense, they're George Martin. Yes. And it's kind of like him being like, them being like, listen, you know, here's the songs, you know, yeah. the direction we're trying to go produce the shit out of it, produce the shit out of it. Yeah. And, and I think, okay, computer, the only record I think that I would put on the level of okay, computer as, as really, uh, you can't just say it's, it's the band and that's it. You have to say, it's like, this is Nigel and radio. I would say is when Nigel Godrich did sea change by Beck, yes. where it's like, he took, which is, which is another very important record to be another very yeah. important artist but in, and much like radiohead beck is never staying with the same sound it's like totally. what else can we do how yes. can we venture out you know all right so here's odalay all right yeah. you know what i'm not going to give you more of that yet yes. i want to do this i want to do mutations and does, strip everything away does sea change have lost cause yes i love that song oh my god what a great album that was incredible Total, record yeah, it's yeah. another one of my like you know and and beck in, like in general is just one of those artists that that I listen to that that speaks to me, especially especially sea change because it's about loss of love yeah. and it could be applied to losing a loved one in death yes. or in just in a relationship. Yeah. And and this, you know, bringing it back to Radiohead, Radiohead has that feel where it's like anytime I've ever been in a situation where my life is going through a change, which right now it is. And I think that's why this is almost like perfect timing because having left Los Angeles, which I'm, I am bi-coastal, but not having a permanent address there right. in New York. It's like this, having this record come up. And like I said, going back and re-listening to so much. I mean, yeah. everything. Like, dude, yesterday, I think I listened to the song Spectre uh, 45 yeah. times. <laughs> oh my God. And it's just because it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you're talking about, you know, the ranking that we just had, because mm-hmm. we got cut off from that. Yeah. So you have, so, so Rolling Stone. Yes. As uh, they have this record coming in. And then before that amnesiac. Yeah. In 2020 uh, uh, we're seeing now amnesiac actually didn't make the cut. 
It didn't. No. Okay, I'm looking at what he wrote. All right, so yeah. in Rainbows drops 50 spots. Unbelievable. Uh, Ben's drops, you know, gets gets was it higher? No, the, yeah. So the Ben's, Ben's drops of a good like 150 spots, but um, oh okay God. computer and kid A go uh get pretty big boosts. I'm wow. surprised that in Rainbows wouldn't be higher and I, I don't want to say it should be higher than okay computer, but also you know, which we have, we have yet to mention is in rainbows might've changed the game on how we get music. Yes. You know, they did something that artists have never done. And they said, we're going to release this digitally. You can buy the physical copy. Yep. You can buy it. Yep. Or you can go to our website and pay what and you, you want and you pay what you want. Yeah. So my question to you how much did you pay? Uh, I went to the the store and bought the brick and mortar. I probably CD still at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, I, 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 I was not going to listen. If I had gone online to, to buy it, I probably would have overpaid to thank them just because <laughs> like I, you know, I, I love what they did. And I love that. That's also a part of their legacy that they yeah. did that, you know, um, but I was definitely I'm 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 a sucker as a consumer. Like I'll pay full price for anything. Like so it's just it, yeah. so if so if 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 Radiohead remember yeah. remember when, remember when Wu Tang was like, yo, we've got this record. Uh, we're only releasing one copy of it, and it's to yeah. the highest bidder. So yeah. <laughs> what's the most you would pay for a new Radiohead album that only you can get? Well, first of all, I know I would be outbid because, of course. Just, yeah, <laughs> but I, I think I mean, I would it's something like that because it's like a special thing. Like I would probably go up to like five thousand dollars. I don't think I could say that I would spend more than five thousand dollars. Like ten thousand dollars sounds absurd. So yeah. five thousand dollars sounds like, oh, if I could if there was only one and I could get it for that, I would pay that. I would I pay that. I think right now where I'm at financially in my life, I would, I think the most I would go to is about two grand. Yeah. Where two I wouldn't grand be is like, a good number. Two grand's a good number. Yeah. Like if like, dude, even if Radiohead would have said, Hey, listen, you know, we're going to auction off our James Bond theme. If they yeah. didn't release it on Christmas day, like they did, which I right. thought was so You've obviously you've heard Spectre, right? Of course, of okay, course. Cool. So yeah. the fact that they chose that shitty fucking Sam Smith song, yeah, over Spectre, which there's a video on on YouTube that somebody took, somebody took the the beginning scene from James Bond from Spectre, and then they and they took out the Sam Smith song and they cut the Radiohead song with all of like the graphics right, that they right. had, and I was like. Why would you? Why didn't you? Why did you, you use it. that? You blew it's, it. It's arguably up there with a view to a kill. Yeah, uh, it's up there team. with with fucking live and let die. Uh, live and let die. It's up yeah. there with nobody does it better. Like yes. just so many iconic songs, and that Sam Smith song is butt cheeks. I know it's totally bad. <laughs> it's terrible. It's bad. You know, and 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 again, we talked about this earlier there was a, a huge Disney bomb of flop of a movie that came out a couple years ago that ca was called Artemis Fowl. It was I like, that. yeah, it was, it was, it was going to be like their, you know, another series, like a Harry Potter for them. They were hoping. 
and it came out and it flopped. But I remember seeing the preview in the theater and for the trailer, they use Dex Dark for the, the whole trailer. And I watched the trailer and I was like, this looks fucking amazing. But it was all <laughs> Radiohead because the movie itself was terrible. So, yes, I, I can't believe that they whiffed and chose the Sam Smith song. They went for something that they felt. You know what it is? It's like, I think they they consider a whole package, unfortunately, for those Bond songs a lot of the time. So you get Sheena Easton, which is a great song, sure. but she's attractive. And you have Paul McCartney, who's everyone loves looking at. They always, they're concerned about what the people look like who are singing the songs, which is ridiculous. Are they hot? Um, are yeah, they so I think, I think Sam Smith to them was a little sexier choice at the moment. And they were thinking about clicks and downloads and fan bases and all that kind of shit. Whereas, of course, Radiohead put together a better song. Of course they did. It's like there was that song um, by Annie Lennox, uh, I Saved the World Today. Remember that song? Hey, hey, I saved the world today. Anyway, that was destined to be a Bond song, but it wasn't because she wasn't like a sexy enough pick. And I forget what garbage they picked for that movie. But it's like they, they have a history of doing that. Do you think do you think Radiohead gets the you know the respect and the and the justice they they deserve from what they've put out uh from you know not just critics but from from like you know because critics i think they are a critical darling yes i would call this band a very critical darling i feel like if you're if you're a music critic you have to you know get excited when radiohead's putting out a record what do you think about the the just the culture them affecting like just the general population well i don't the short answer is no, I do, I do not feel they get the respect they deserve because I, you know, I, I said it at the top of the show, they're my second favorite band of all time behind the Beatles. I think they're the only band that's still on the highway chasing the Beatles like that, you know, they they're the only one who could possibly catch them in my mind. And I, I mean, I don't think they will, but they're they're still out there. They're still churning out great stuff. Um, but that said, I'm OK with that because. I can't imagine if, you know, if Radiohead were a Beatles-like sensation in that, you know, like 80% of the globe loved them, I think it would it would kind of take away a little something that we have as Radiohead fans, where you brought it up that, you know, we know British people are just smarter normally. Like, they're just, they just are. And, like, the lyrics are much more interesting. The music is more interesting. And in their interviews, they sound smarter. You know, they all went to some hoity-toity school. You know, it's all that shit. But yeah. now we, as fans, we get to soak up a little bit of that. Like, we can sort of puff ourselves up in the mirror and say, like, you know what? I, maybe I'm a little smarter than a Justin Bieber fan because I don't give a shit about that, but I love fucking Radiohead because it, it stimulates me more because my brain is bigger. So I think as Radiohead fans, we get to kind of take that and carry that around with us. And as you said, when you meet another person who likes Radiohead, there's a, you skip a lot when you do that. Like if if just us meeting each other, I don't need to know much else about you for our first couple of meetings. And that's plenty. Like I can yeah. already fill in a lot of blanks because of that. So, I mean, I think that's, I'm glad that the Radiohead fan club is, is relatively exclusive. Um, but I, that said, 
if they were to become global, you know, pop superstars like the Beatles, I would not be against that either. I'd be sitting there going, see, I told you so. Yeah. The, if you remember, um, I bought this, uh, they put out this, this, uh, I guess it was like a tour documentary, uh, that came out right around or right after OK Computer came out. I think it was maybe the second year the record had come out. Right. And it was about how they went from being just another Brit pop band to suddenly being radio, no. radio, radio yeah. had radio had. They're going to Asia and there's fans like, you know, screaming, ah, going crazy right, for them. Right. And how they are just pulling away from that. And, and you know, I almost think that one, if OK Computer is, you know, listen, if OK Computer comes out and it's still great, but it doesn't have that global, like, you know, uh, not global success, but like respect everything yeah. that they were just throwing every fucking accolade at it. The fact that it didn't win uh, Mercury Music Prize that year. Cause it's that, which is like one of my most, uh, which I always for years have always looked at the Mercury music prize as like, all right, this is like, I'm going to listen to all the records that are nominated right. and I'll make my decision. And it didn't win. It lost to Ronnie size represent, which was like a drum and bass record, which in itself is a good album. But the fact that you didn't give it to this, it's like, it just blew my mind. So they, they put out that, that, that tour DVD and and it's just like, and it's, it's about how they're, they, they didn't want this success, which is kind of like that rock star, like, you know, oh, it's like, I just, you know, just please just leave us alone. We just want to make our art. Right, right. I, and, I, and, and I also kind of feel that if, if people don't react the way that they do and freak out from OK Computer, then you're not going to get Kid A. Because then right. it's like it scared them so much. Right. Dude, you know, I, I've, I've never met any of them i've the closest i ever uh, i ever got was um johnny I, there was like a premiere for a paul thomas anderson movie at the arc light and uh you know i was kind of like at the gym the 24-hour fitness working right. out and i remember i went down and i was kind of like on the outskirts and i saw johnny there and i was like oh my god it's fucking yeah. you know i didn't get close at all but there was a juice bar on franklin boulevard on um you know where the gelson's is yeah i do on franklin mm -hmm. so uh there, there for a minute there was a juice bar called um called press brothers and my and my friend whitney was the general manager and i used to go there every day i used to go there every day and get a free shot it was probably worth 25 bucks and i right. would just hit the person and and my hair and nail follicles were better and my skin <laughs> yeah. looked better because of this and i couldn't tell you how many times um, uh, she would tell me, you just, you just missed. Um, I'm like, this whole, I can't believe I'm spacing on fucking everybody's name right now. Uh, fucking the lead singer. Yeah, Tom York. Tom York. Thank yeah. you. My God. <laughs> it's early for me, dude. This yeah. is early. One, Billy, one Joel. Billy Joel. No, but it's like, he, he's there. Tom is there. You know, every day, oh my uh, God. getting getting like an acai bowl or this like very vegan food, and no one knows it's him. Oh my God! He's just there. He he he's the nicest guy, and he just goes and sits in the corner and just eats his thing and then Jesus. leaves. It's so it's almost like they by by pulling away from OK Computer and doing all of that electronic and venturing into these yeah. new territories of music, they, they pushed away the, the pop fans. Right. And they got us.
Yes. Yep. And by and the way, they want. if I had heard that, I would have been camping out at that place <laughs> like in the morning. I would never would have missed hey, that. Hey, Alec, uh, another, uh, yeah. another steel oatmeal overnight oats. Okay. Yeah. 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 Stretching. Oh, you lunch again, too. Yeah. Stretch, stretching out of my sleeping bag. Um, that's that's a great story. Have you um, have you used like Radiohead or has Radiohead like influenced your writing or your art or anything that you've put out? I mean, I like to think so, but I mean, the stuff that I put out is mostly, you know, to be the stuff that most people would see is mostly like Ted and Family Guy. And it's it's kind of hard to do that, although I did get a joke into Family Guy where it was it it it, it mentioned Radiohead um and said like, you know, uh, oh, I, I hate this more than suburban moms hate Radiohead. And then you just <laughs> you just show like this woman listening to headphones and she's going, oh, no, Daniel. No, Daniel. No, I don't <laughs> like this, Daniel. And like takes it off. But I I, I would if in any way, like I, I like to tw- I used to tweet about Radiohead a lot because they just made me think so much. So they definitely inspired a lot of that stuff on Twitter. But I could never proclaim that anything that I've really sent out there to the, to the masses is in any way, shape or form like radio had, you know, I'm much more uh, inspired by like, I don't know, the three stooges or something, but, but I, you know, I wish, I wish that whatever is touching them when they're coming up with their music would, would touch me in the same way. Have you talked to any of the other writers like on Family Guy? Because obviously you guys are intellectuals, obviously to be to be to get those kind of references. um, You know, it's it's so funny, like the because I'm a I'm a fan uh, a Family Guy, The Simpsons, you know, which are my two favorite. And it's and it's just based in you just have to be well read to get the jokes that are being thrown at you. Right. Um, And and so to to be able to like have that i mean have you ever talked to any of the other writers and when an album comes out by radiohead i mean is it like yeah. is it a collective like they're all there's just a mutual like seth does he besides seth, show two so yeah <laughs> seth does not give a shit about radiohead doesn't know them would hate them he he really he's <laughs> like his last pop song was like 1950 in terms of what he really <laughs> likes um we had a huge argument once because he inexplicably really likes James Taylor, but he does not like the Beatles. So we had a long argument where he was saying that James Taylor was better than the Beatles, but whatever. Um, so uh, there are other writers on staff. Um, my my longtime writing partner, uh, Wellesley Wild, is a huge Radiohead fan. He's the one who had the dat tape of Kid A and we listened to it in his uh, his apartment. So he's a big fan. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a couple of other guys. One guy was a pretty good guitar player and his office was next to mine. And one day I could hear him through the door playing Faust Arp. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, so that launched a long discussion. So I think, again, like the real world, there are 20 Family Guy writers. I would say three to four of them are big Radiohead fans. So it's almost like the spectrum of like their fandom out in the world. You know, it's, it's a little yeah. smaller, but we're very passionate about it. The people I, would, like it. I believe that this is music to create like art to like, I, I mean, I, I was working yes. out to this recently, but this is definitely something that you can play in the background, especially this record, especially yes. in rainbows. Um, because this isn't, this is, I mean, this is a, a, a piece of art. This is something that I think years from now, 
much like you know this band in particular uh it will be will be remembered everything about this is it's it's this is like michelangelo's like work this is a sculpture i totally agree i totally agree and that's you, that's where you know that's why i brought up at the, at the beginning uh secretariat you know literally running away from the field it's like you're watching something so powerful and beautiful um and and that's that's what listening to radiohead is like for me it's just it's all it's all inspiring and and again if you're a painter I would imagine it would be amazing. Oh, I, I asked. Yeah. I remember I have, I have a piece of art up there. It's just my my buddy Taylor Boss, uh, beautiful artist, very talented, out there too, very out there. Right. And he usually does like very abstract, like Jackson Pollock stuff. And I said to him, I was like, man, I want uh, what I want to do is get paintings of all people that have like influenced me. So like, I want Miles Davis, I want Pee Wee Herman, I want yeah. Axl Rose, and he's done these. And when when he in beef, but when I remember what I said to him, I was like, you do Miles Davis first, and he's like, you know, I. I don't normally do um you know like portraits or anything like that but he goes but i'll do right. it because i want the challenge and then when he finally brought it to me a couple weeks later he was like he was like it was one of the most beautiful experiences because i put on miles and i just sat with him for you know for days and and then once like i started getting into like the more electric stuff i was like oh and then he started feeling like like alive and he just said it just came to him and it's and it's beautiful and it's and it's his music and it's an amalgamation of of that modal right. jazz stuff and it's all of the the free jazz that he did later in the middle of his career yeah um, Totally. You know, I, I, I can be completely honest and say that I, I have taken psychedelics. Me too. And listened to this band. Yep, me too. And, and I remember in particular once I was taking LSD and we were in my basement and we're listening to Wu-Tang and I am right there on going to the dark side. Like right. I, the holes in my parents' unfurnished basement in the woods started looking like demon eyes. And I'm oh, like, no, we have to turn off. Wu Tang. I was yeah. like, put put on OK Computer, which yes. you wouldn't think, because of the lyrics. It's still it's if you really listen to the lyrics, it can it can put you into the dark side too, because it's totally. not positive. Yeah, but but it was this calming thing, like Radiohead in general. When I'm dealing with shit, like I've been, whether it's a move or a breakup or career, whatever the fuck it is there's this band that just is there for you. And, yes. and I, it's almost like matzo ball soup in a sense where I'm just like, oh, I just feel so comfortable I know. sitting in it. It's like a hammock where all the strings are like lit up electrified, you know, like a matrix kind of hammock for your, for your life. But uh, I couldn't agree more. They're the best. Do you think uh, Radiohead is probably, uh, is not even probably, they're their most legendary rock stars under the age of 60 legendary rock stars under the age of 60 that's a very interesting question boy i don't have the whole and no, nobody's really leaping to mind who's like in that age bracket but what like what other bands would you put on the level of radiohead from our lifetime i mean i don't put any on their level but i guess uh, coming close I see for me, it's like, I'm such so all or nothing because Radiohead is the only band uh, that, you know, it's the, I like the other bands that I like are all either dead or defunct or long, you know, yeah. Beatles, Pink Floyd. Like they just don't exist. I love the Allman brothers. Like they don't, you know, they're not, they're either dead or just not together. 
But Radiohead just, I would have to say yes. They have to be the most legendary under 60. I can't. Pearl I Jam? Can't, don't, uh, you know, I loved the, the, their first album, but I would never became like one of those Pearl Jam guys. So yeah. I, I couldn't go with it much beyond that first album, but I do recognize that that first album rocked. Um, but um, yeah, no, it, it has to be Radiohead. Like I can't. Even I don't think I, you can put anybody on Yeah, that. even though I can't think of anyone uh, to even compare them to, like I can't imagine that anyone would fit the bill. It's like, what, well, what am I going to pick Bon Jovi? Well, I... <laughs> don't shit on Jove, dude. I love don't Jovi. shit on Jove, I, I had dude. A huge, I had a huge argument with a guy the other day um, who's a huge Springsteen guy. Yeah. And I said, okay, people from New Jersey, what do you, who, what do you think they like? You think they like Bruce better or Bon Jovi better? He's like, Bruce, no question. I'm like, I don't know about that. And I'm just like, I, listen, I love Bruce. And I think Bruce as a whole is certainly better than Bon Jovi, but you can't tell me any song Bruce wrote is better than living on a prayer. I don't think it is <laughs> like, that's just an absolute everybody sing banger. I can't think of a Bruce song that would be better than Living on a Prayer. In a karaoke situation, in a drunk bar situation, Living on a Prayer. Dude, you can't beat on, it. It's, living on a Prayer is better than Weird Fishes at a, at a, <laughs> yeah, at, right. at a drunk bar. It's totally. like, it's, it's just the reaction people get to like a song like that or a song like, well, I guess that's, I mean, it's the same thing with Creep though. Creep. Yep. There's a funny, really funny Opie and Anthony clip of Patrice O'Neill talking about, he goes like, white people love Radiohead Creep. It's like every one of them, you will never meet one white person that doesn't love the song Creep. You're right. You're right. And everybody still sings it on like these singing shows, like The Voice or whatever. And you can go on YouTube and it's always like, you know, The Voice in Portugal and like some guy just killing creep you know who's like 15 years old so that song clearly remains as like okay people this is a great audition song which is a good sign of a great song in general it's the end uh, it's the ending note yeah that, that, that ending like she's yeah totally really shows the strength of your voice because if you don't hit that no then, uh, you, the chairs aren't the chairs aren't turn, the chairs aren't turning <laughs> yeah. around if you don't hit that um and i hate to be a buzzkill but i gotta hop off here in like Fuck. a few minutes i know oh, sorry I, I i mean i wanted, I, I wanted I could to talk, talk to you about, for like three hours i All could right. talk about this forever but i gotta work today no you don't i know no, you don't. i wish i didn't but i do all right, let's but let's hit, stop. Let's no, 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 no. Get no. to we, the nitty gritty. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, fuck. Have you ever seen Radiohead live? I have once in in 2012 um, at the. Uh, it used to be called Great Woods uh, outside Boston. I don't know what it's called now, but it was fucking amazing. It was, and also I you can watch their concerts on YouTube. They have a concert from like Barcelona from 2014 or something that's just absolutely phenomenal. There used to be a guy that had every Radiohead concert. Uh, his name was like Austin Malone or something and he had every single Radiohead concert on his YouTube channel and and then due to, due to fucking YouTube and the world and licensing or whatever the fuck it was, they pulled most of it uh, you know, I've been able that to sucks. see them live. I've been able to see them live uh, many, many times. I saw them Lucky. open for Alanis Morissette uh, back in 1995 at 930 Club, but I wasn't wow. a huge, huge fan yet. I yes. dug it. Um, and then I've seen them uh, for, uh, 
got, I've seen, I mean, I've seen them mostly later in my life, some from hail to the thief on every tour. Right. Um, the, the most upsetting I ever was, was when they finally went on tour after kid a for the amnesiac, they were doing a big tent show in Centerville, Virginia. Um, at Bull Run National Park with Beta Band. I was so excited. And there was torrential downpour, the hardest rain Virginia has ever seen, ever. And it fucking washed out the stage and the shows got canceled. Wow. Bummer, but to be on a bill with them. And I mean, it's, dude, it's like, you know, Bill Burr always says to me when we do fun stuff, he goes, you see what happens when you follow your dreams? Cool shit. Cool shit happens when you follow your dreams. Um. I mean, we could listen. I know we could talk for for a bunch. So let's get to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, here's the Patreon question: If you could only keep one Radiohead album for the rest of your life and never hear any track on it besides that particular album, what is your Radiohead Desert album? I mean, I'm gonna have to ride with this one. I'm going. I'm I'm going within rainbows. I think just the combination of the album itself, and then watching them do it in the basement. I was. I, I'm just. That's it. That's. I'm it with me. you. Yeah. I'm with you. Dude, you won me over, dude. You have <laughs> nice. won me over, Alec. All right. Uh, favorite song on this record? Favorite song on this record? On In okay. Rainbows. Yeah. Um, it's so close. God, there's so many that are so good. Um, I'm going to have to go with Reckoner. Reckoner? Yeah. Uh, great version uh, by CeeLo. If oh. you've never seen it, if you look that up, him and his little little small pudgy fingers, dude, he kills Amazing. it. Amazing. Amazing. Buddy, my buddy Angelo Bowers uh, was the one that showed it to me. For years, Alec, for years, you asked me my favorite song on In Rainbows, I would say, without a doubt, without a shadow of a fucking doubt, Weird Fishes. Yeah. I, I was, I, I love that. that song. Not anymore, dude. Not anymore. What? After this go-round, Jigsaw Falling Into Place is fucking fire i have listened to it a hundred times over the last few weeks i love everything about it It, it's it's and i liked it a long time ago but i i fucking love it now i I could be i could be talked into like five songs on this album being the best like that that's how great it is Get some Bose headphones, smoke a yeah. nice uh, joint of hybrid or like, sure. or just or take some CBD or whatever, meditate, whatever the fuck it is, get in a warm bath, put on Jigsaw or just walk around like the Gramercy around three in the morning. God. Um, this question is going to be weird because I don't think you're going to have one. What song on this record? Uh, I wouldn't say do you dislike, but what, what, what do you tend to skip over if you do listen to it? I would say... The only one that I might skip over, and I don't, but maybe I would is Body Snatchers, only because I think 15 Step is such a rockin' start, and it's kind of, it's not more of same, but it's more of same energy. And I really crave the sort of the sweet and the savory of like a 15 step and then a nude and then weird fishes is all different. And then, you know, I, I maybe would consider All I Need as a, as a song that, Possibly I might skip, but I, I would say probably Body Snatchers. I think I have to go with, I think I have to go with Faust Arp. Um, and and God, it's the same thing. I So do I. This is, but this is like, it's like you said, who's your favorite kid? Yep. You exactly. got to pick one. We got to pick one. All right. Yep. Uh, what song on this record would you fuck to? Oh God. So many, <laughs> so many. I mean, I would say I would, I would want to fuck to 15 step because I'd fuck like yeah. to, pic- I'd like to picture that that's sort of me 
in bed, but it's probably more like videotape. <laughs> I think this record is almost made for fucking, you yes. know, 15 step, you're coming in. It's like, yeah. you know, you start getting into it. Body snatchers, you're some thrusting mm-hmm. nude, you know, it's, you're slowing it down, slowing maybe it down. some foreplay, weird yeah. fishes. Now you're, you're, you're making love mm-hmm. all I need. You're taking a break, maybe getting some water. Yeah. It's like, all right, change, let's get change let's, of you know, position, change of position, <laughs> reckoner. It's like, you're fucking just, you're, you're, you're hitting it and quitting it's it. Great. House of Cards, you know, you're starting to wind down. Then Jigsaw, you get an erection again. You're back into it. Yeah. Videotape, you're saying goodbye to her. And you're being like, I love you. That was great. Oh. How much do I owe you? I know. And meanwhile, <laughs> m- my wife would probably just prefer the first two and a half minutes of whatever the first song is. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I fuck, dude. We, we barely even talked about videotape. So it's, it's so great. So it's, great. It's right. amazing. Dude, uh, and I mean this, you fucking rule, dude. This is no, thank uh, like I you. Said, you do. Thanks for thanks for allowing this to happen. I mean, I, again, I keep thinking about, oh my god, this could have been fifty second street, and we would have had a fine conversation, and we would have had a lot of fun. But this is the passion. Nah, this was it. The passion this behind it. this is great. All right, and why, this is the last question uh, before you get into plugs. Uh, mm-hmm. Why should the younger general? Because the normal question I would say is, why does you know does this deserve to be on the 500 greatest albums list? Obviously, we both know that. But why should the younger generation listen to this record? I think it's clear. I think the younger generation needs to to listen to this uh, record because invariably, what happens is you'll listen to something like this and you'll understand where a lot of the music you like comes from. I don't think you can draw a direct line between a lot of the big pop stars of today and Radiohead, which is a good thing for Radiohead. But there will be cool things in all kinds of music that come out all the time. And you didn't even know that like Radiohead had a lot to do with making that happen. And also this will just naturally expand your mind in a great way. Like you can't listen to this and not have your mind expanded. It's just impossible if you're actually concentrating on the music and what they're saying. And listen, a lot of Radiohead songs, you can't really understand what Tom York is saying, but it's still incredibly beautiful. Yeah. I think you just can't deny yourself the beauty. You can't deny yourself the mental experience. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, we both think this is a perfect album. I'm assuming your your vote is going to be my vote. I give this five fleeces out of five fleeces. You concur? Oh, yeah. Five out of five, 100%. 100%. Uh, Promote away. What do you have going on? What do you want everybody to check out? Well, um, I've got a podcast. Uh, We just started doing it a few months ago. It's uh, called A Typical Disgusting Display. It's a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. And uh, (laughs) it's available wherever the hell you get podcasts. So we're really enjoying it. Get into it, guys. Uh, Alec, thank you, brother. Thank you, man. This was so fun. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Alex Sulkin. Oh, man, that was a fun one. Uh, On Instagram, at Alex Sulkin. On Twitter, which is where he really shines, at The Sulk, T-H-E-S-U-L-K. And listen to his podcast, A Typical Disgusting Display. And Alec, I don't know if you're listening, but thank you, dude. Um, Homies for life, man. We got, oh, we got, yeah, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. Uh, Listener shout out. I want to give a big shout out to Steve Brocky over in Scotland, uh, him and his wife, or I don't know if they're married, but his girl, uh, they're having a baby. They're having a baby. Congrats, Steve. I'm basically giving yourself an insurance policy uh, for when you're 80, because that's what kids are. 
kids are people that will take care of you if they're not dicks when you're 80 years old. So when you're pooping in your in your pantaloons, uh, hopefully you don't have a kid that's just like, fuck that, I'm too busy working it in finance. I can't help. You got a kid that's like there wiping your kadoodle. You know what I mean? I love you, Steve. Uh, Steve, Steve, Brocky. Steve, Steve, Brocky. You're my gushlocky. All right, new music is Low Island. Uh, they're from Oxfordshire, England. Uh, NME called them Stunning Stuff, and the song you're listening to is called Don't Let the Light In. Off the record, If You Could Have It All Again. If you could have it all again. Could you have it all? Because you could have it again. Uh, send us your music, guys, because all the links are on our website, 500podcast.com, uh, and uh, we want to play your music. Next week, oh man, I'm just going to tell you the guest. First, the album, Soundgarden, Super Unknown, 1994. Our guest, just the fucking guitarist of the band, Kim Dale. Yeah. Emily, if you're listening, I love you. Emily got us in. It's a goodie. It's a fucking goodie, man. If you like Soundgarden, if you like grunge music, I think I'm going to do a side podcast all about grunge. Just talk to people about grunge and just talk. You know what? Come on to the Super Unknown. Once you steal your mind to do your homework, go and do your homework because you've already done it. Stay pleased, y'all.
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. Next Chapter Podcasts.